people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Happy New Year, fanboys! It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, so listen up! Here is your host, Old Man Time, Derek McCaw. Oh, I just love wow. your radio voice there, Nate. This is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of Fanboy Planet. You just did that. Three radio voices. <laughs> I do that. You think there's more <laughs> that? Those are the only voices in my head, Rick. Uh, wow. Yours is there sometimes. We are legion. Nate's is there. We, oh, we are. Um, why don't you put me into a herd of swine and see if I jump into a lake? That would be my job. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, and we are podcasting on December 30th, the night before New Year's Eve, which means probably, one, we all survived the apocalypse, but I think we, we, did. we all knew mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we move on to uh, what do you do the day after? Uh, well, the world didn't end, so I guess we have to uh, phase 2000. A lot of stuff to return to stores. Eh, Got to pay those credit card Some bills. Apologies. Oh, a few apologies. Huh? Uh, I'll say that right now, uh, but unfortunately, those graves that we urinated upon, that cannot be undone. Uh, so, anyway, uh, to my right, announcer sitting there saying, when will this all be over? I am Nate Costa. Yes, and across, giggling because he thinks I don't mean him. Uh, <laughs> podcast producer and moral compass. Rick Brett Snyder. Uh, yes. Oh, is that your, uh, by the way, that should be uh, your resolution, uh, renewing your belief in being uh, moral compass. I do that every day. That's part of my daily affirmation. affirmation. Look in the mirror. You are a I'm a better I'm, man today than I'm I was yesterday. I'm pointing north. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> so uh, we've got a little bit of, uh, you know, well, this is kind of the end of the year thing. I will admit that I am not a big fan of end of the year stuff because, one, as a teacher, my year ends in June. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, it's also like, oh, I, uh, I just enjoy stuff. But uh, it's a time where people traditionally look back. We'll look back at some of the biggest stories of the year, a couple of things, and the impact they've had on nerddom. And uh, what we liked best in comics, what we liked best in movies, TV, and but also some of the disappointments. What we hated most. What we hated most. And, uh, and what we're looking forward to. Uh, that uh, We'll see what we got in there. In the year 2013. And we do have to acknowledge, because this week there were a couple of losses uh, that perhaps the mainstream press may not have noticed. Although... One was apparently top story on the BBC News this week. Yeah. And uh, and also we got a little uh, a letter. Uh, so you want to say, you don't need to give me the fan. This is 2012 and rolling into 2013. Maybe we don't need theme music. It's not a Getty. Oh, We've got Fanny it anyway. okay. It's not 2013 yet. Okay. So, uh, and it's actually a letter in response to... Uh, an article on the website. So do you remember that uh, sporadically I do update the website? Uh, and uh, You've been pretty good lately. Uh, not the last two weeks. I've been unfortunately occupied with a lot of other things. but uh, And yet our, our traffic is up. It's weird. More people have time to enjoy. Uh, to enjoy what what's the there. fanboy planetisms. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was about Michael Gray, my interview with Michael Gray, who was Billy Batson on the 70s TV show Shazam, from a woman named Lisa Westfall. I said, hi, I love the story on Michael when he was on the show. 
I received an autographed picture from him in the mail on December 23rd, 1975. He wrote on the picture to Lisa, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and Happy Birthday. My birthday is on Christmas Day. Wow. I was 14 years old. I still have the picture to this day. My very first autographed photo ever. He was my first crush. Also, I'm also married. The show and Michael gave great memories forever. Uh, so it's good, you know. To, to, she moved on. She moved on. That's, but it was that's, funny. That was good. one of the things that we talked that he and I talked about was that, uh, you know, he had this weird double existence at that time of being like he was Billy Batson. So mm-hmm. to all these elementary school children, he was a superhero, and then he was on the cover of Tiger, Tiger Beat. Beat. He looked he <laughs> looked know? like all the other guys on Tiger Beat, though. But yeah, well, but he was on Tiger Beat. I remember yeah. that. And it's like he had this weird dual existence. And uh, she also then wrote a PS. I loved the current picture of Michael as he is now. Still a very attractive man. I hope he adds that picture to Facebook. He can still do many things. He still has it. Um, it'd be nice to track him down. He actually lives somewhere near here. At, you the know, Brett Cave? No. Yes, near the Brett Cave in an wow. undisclosed location. He is he is somewhere in Northern California, not too far away. It would be kind of cool. But I get the feeling, honestly, that aside from his time as Billy Batson, he is not all that wrapped up in Hollywood. He's not all that wrapped up in popular Hopefully culture. Hopefully he made some investments. And he's he seemed very happy. Good. Nice man. Very charming man. Very decent, decent person. Uh, which is kind of interesting. So, uh, Lisa, thanks for writing in. I don't know if you'll listen to the podcast. You seem like the kind of person who might have better things to do <laughs> than listen. She's to, married. She's you happy. Got, you, you may have children, uh, grandchildren, I don't know, and you just... It is it is a good reminder that there's a lot of stuff out there on the Fanboy Planet website that people can go and find. They find, you know, we try to cover a wide stuff. I mean, it's like I say, I'm I'm really getting the feeling that not a lot of people, for instance, talked to Jordan Hembro, the toy hunter. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I get hits on that every day. I think we're like one of the few sites that that gave him attention. And again, he seemed like a very nice man. I enjoy watching the show. I say this is one of my joys of the year. A little bit of the sneak is that of Toy Hunter, he's fair. Like mm-hmm. when somebody says, I'll give you, you know, I'll take this. And he says, it's worth more than that. And then yes. gives them more. Yes. Like you could rip them off. And he doesn't quite. But I, I, and, well, he and would I, get a I, huge backlash from angry exactly. people in the know if he ripped people off. I, well, you do maybe. that on TV and people are just going to go, what a scumbag. Yeah, man. well, I still still think. You but know, I, I, I agree with you. I don't disagree. I was just saying. Yeah. And we watched the New York Comic Con episode last night, and you know mm-hmm. it was kind of a, oh, I'd like to go to that someday. Someday it looks fun. Someday we'll see. Um, so, shall we start off with talking about the major say losses of uh, of the year that occurred? Let's this go week. through them. So, so let's acknowledge this history. Um, the big one that people may have caught it was certainly all over Facebook uh, was that Jerry Anderson, who I have to acknowledge as being one of And I say strangely because it's not like I'd say I'm a super fan of any one of his things, but I find myself when I'm doing creative work, when I'm writing screenplays or stories, and the imagery and the concepts of how (laughs) paramilitary organizations, secret paramilitary organizations are, come up. It's always Jerry Anderson, specifically Captain Scarlet and the Mysterons, which it may not be the most... For most people, that's not the first show they think of, but that's the one I watched the most because it was on Captain Cosmic on Channel 2. Did you watch UFO? I, I remember watching UFO. I think, and the I, organization was Shado or Shadow? 
pronounced Shadow, but yes, okay. it was S H A D O. Um, I remember watching it, but I was didn't so, get a lot I of was, play. In I the was US. so little. Yeah, you know, I was like five or six. I don't. It's like watching Land of the Giants. I could tell you that I did. Yeah, I remember seeing it on television, but I can't tell you anything about who anybody was or anything. So yeah, I I, I, had, I had a little bit better recollection, but I am with you right there. You're a couple. The the uh, Captain Scarlet was kind of cool because they didn't they didn't drill into you every episode that he was indestructible that he couldn't die. Did you ever watch Captain Scarlet? I've never even heard of it. Very cool series. Hmm. So he was uh, the, the, the our first encounter with an alien race on Mars. Is that yeah, it was? I think it so. was and this Martian probe and they find this base uh, uh, this alien base and uh, like they sent out a probe and we responded with bombs as most likely we yeah. would. And so the Mysterons, which were the ra- how they identify themselves say, that's it. They are now dedicated to the absolute destruction of the human race. And their first thing is they're going to infiltrate us and they create. And so they, they take the uh, spectrum was the organization. Right. And they take captain. Cause each one of the, each one of the guys is, is a different is color. color. So yeah. they take captain Scarlet of spectrum and they kill him, and they make him, and they create their clone of him, who is indestructible, can survive anything, but he's been imprinted with the original Captain Scarlet's brainwaves, and the first accident that should be a fatal wound actually ends up making him remember his time as a human, and so he switches sides. So now they've actually created the, bi- the really, biggest weapon they could have used against themselves. That's a, that's a super cool premise when you think it's for kids on yeah. you know and he has saturday and he morning he has no powers other than that he's not super strong yeah. or anything he's just smart and he talks like Cary grant mm-hmm. and uh oh, yeah. <laughs> and so and they had these really cool uniforms and the, and shadow uh, spectrum had the the angels so all the women were different colored angels that uh that were pilots and in, in super cool jet things you Fantastic know Matt of matt and brian right the uh no. costumers oh uh, Okay. They they do a lot of Doctor Who stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. She came to a party in a Captain Scarlet outfit and I've was, seen a photo of that, was yes. thrilled that I recognized her. Yes. So Captain that's a good one. But the, but the thing that he's most known for would be Space nineteen ninety nine. Yep. And Thunderbirds. And but you know, I remember the Andersons from actually I, I was thinking about the the other day. My very first science fiction exposure because I didn't get it in books or comics because my parents weren't buying those for me that, those years but tv and it was William supercar Shatner flashed you supercar yeah. and fireball xl5 and there's a submarine one too stingray 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 was a bit later so fireball xl5 and stingray i knew about before i knew had ever seen those shows and i think supercar too yeah i had give a show projectors with slides ah, of all those cool all three of those so it, give a show with the <laughs> looking over at nate who's blink blink blinking this came up on the toy hunter where i was like yes in the days before vhs mm-hmm. our our choices for entertainment were limited so Give a Show was this cheap plastic projector that it was you had a, these... It was a modern magic lantern. Long slide strips of pop culture things where you had like six panels that would slide like... And you could... So you could project on the wall and they'd have captions. So it was like a comic strip and yeah. you could project the comic strip. And a lot of TV series that I got before I ever... Because my parents yeah. would, My parents would like go to the, you know, uh, garage sales and pick up the slides. And so... 
I kind of all these things from the early '60s before I was actually born. Certainly, cog, before I was cognizant of television, and and all these shows were like, okay, so for three years, my knowledge of of Stingray, Stingray. was these six panels, and like, okay, but it was really cool, and you know, that's it's just kind of funny. And I'm thinking about that, how kids today, it's like, well, have you seen the show? You know, it's easy to find the show. Whereas yeah. for us, it was like, oh man, if you were lucky and you, you had a UHF yeah. channel that showed it in reruns, and, or... and your parents let to stay up that night. Yeah. Oh yeah. So um, <laughs> I and I saw Supercar on uh, Cartoon Network showed it for a little while. Um, I, the thing I loved about Supercar was uh, the Andersons used Super Marionation, which basically was puppet actors in in the yes. in the sets and supercar was was this car that could fly go on the ground or go underwater that yes. was basically the car every child's dream and it was chitty chitty bang bang but for the most part it was ridden around with the top down which allowed the puppeteer <laughs> to have the strings That's going really into the car and manipulate the and, people as it moved and with along a monkey and they Don't had a forget, monkey. because yeah. like, like Speed Racer, it was better with a monkey. It was better with a monkey. But the impact, aside from you go, you know, Space 99, a lot of people talk about that for design and concept. But today, if you want to see the influence of Jerry Anderson, if you as an American audience do not get the influence here the, most directly, I, saw, I read an article that confirmed this. When I saw the Clone Wars movie is, George Lucas's idea to his animators was, make it look like Super Marionation. Hmm. And when I watched the original film when they released theatrically, I went, "Yeah, they're all." I yeah. I hadn't realized that. I was just saying they all look like they they're should slightly be marionettes. Distorted from, they're slightly distorted, yeah. and they move in the way that a Jerry Anderson puppet would. And that was. And then I read later, yes, that was the mandate: make it look like we are making that show cool. without actually live action puppets. So a great loss. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from a, from a historical standpoint, I mean. Yes. Yeah. Um, another one who I think moved the form forward, uh, the form of comics forward, is Keiji Nakazawa. Um, we I think are give, we give too much in our ethnocentrism, too much credit for autobiographical comics to R. Crumb, uh, and not R. Crumb. Uh, I was going to say uh, to so, Harvey, Harvey, Harvey Picard, who great. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Harvey Picard did some great work with American Splendor. I I did interview him once. Thought he was an interesting man. Um, but if you don't know, here in the West, Keiji Nakazawa, he wrote a manga series called Barefoot Gen, which was based on his experiences as a survivor of Hiroshima. And so over in the East, in Japan, manga was indeed moving forward what you could do with the form long before um, before Harvey showed up, before R. Crumb really showed up on the scene, because these Barefoot Gens showing up in you know early, uh, late 50s, early 60s. Uh, so he he's not that well known to us, but if you have not read that series, and have you ever read? I've not actually read that. Barefoot Gen. So I've seen it a number of times. Oh, um, I should. Very interesting, you know, because it it, it is told from his, he was a, he was a small boy uh, on the outskirts, and so obviously a survivor and dealing it. And it is still told from the small boy's perspectives uh, of not understanding what is truly happened mm-hmm. why, you know but why is this and so it's it's just an interesting it's a style of manga that would appeal to anyone who's re- reading right now the indie autobiographical stories like blankets or you know, well and if you it's, like it's more and, of and a I, heartfelt and, and i and i think like i was i was thinking about uh because my daughter is uh studying the holocaust right now in middle school that i was thinking about getting her mouse 
Oh, and, good choice. You know, yeah. And I think, but Barefoot Jen might also be an interesting thing to give to her to see another perspective. It's not, you know, to add to the complexity. The reality is the world is a complex place and mm-hmm. seeing that point of view uh, is, is very much worthwhile. So uh, he passed away, both of these gentlemen in their 90s. So they, you know, they had good long lives, but it's still... Uh, you know, it's still a loss there. Worth so. noting. Yes. Yes. Uh, so let's. Uh, we lost Charles Durning too. I just want to. I don't know if these have that much sci-fi stuff. Just a great character actor. Yeah. But uh, you know, we stuck on World War Two, and I read something about his experience as a soldier there. You said like he was part of that greatest generation. Taciturn about it. Um, and it, dro- it reminded me, boy, I really want to watch Band of Brothers again. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and so there you can find that on DVD. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about. You want to go to best ofs, or you want to talk about controversies, or do let's you want go to- best ofs first. All right, let's do that before we lose Nate entirely. <laughs> Nate has written. <laughs> he's notes. been very quiet. Oh, he's got. He's prepared. Yes, these are the kinds. These are the kinds of shows that Nate lives for. So should we open it up? With comics, best co- a, best comics for 2012. Best comics 2012. Nate, you want to start? Oh, I have a few different categories for comics here. All right, go ahead, Nate. My, my best single issue from 2012 was Walking Dead 100. Oh wow, really? Okay. Yeah. I read it numerous times. I still think about it to this day. It's a brutal, brutal issue. It's absolutely a brutal issue. It changed everything. So I haven't read any of the stories after that yet because I just got the first trade that you're includes still, you're that. You're still crying, right? I am bawling like a little baby okay. every morning, every night. I Did think. Did you about read that. it, Derek? No, no, of course not. Yeah. Why would you? No one's written in forcing me to. Sorry, that was the oh. deal. Have you watched Doctor Who? Watching Doctor Who is not the same as reading No, I know. Dead. I'm behind on Walking yeah, Dead. You're I behind. know this. You're way behind. I'm behind on the comics I want to read without pressure from you. Okay, let's not bug down your <laughs> petty little... It's not petty, damn okay. it. Well, this is comics. It's okay. life or death. All righty. Or undeath. What's your next life Honorable or death? Honorable mention, single issue, Fantastic Four 604, which is the one where uh, Franklin Richards and Galactus defeat the Celestials. That's a good one. From that other dimension. Best storyline slash collected trade. You is, went really deep into this. He did. He I, took I did this very seriously. This. Go ahead. Saga. The as a as a graphic novel. Six issues or so. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And the honorable mentions there go to Fantastic Four six hundred through six hundred four, which is that storyline that contained yeah. the last issue, and The Walking Dead ninety seven through one hundred two, which is uh, something to fear. Yeah. Cool. Uh-huh. Do you want to go next, sir? Uh, well, I'm just going to echo that my choice. I, ha- I have two choices for uh, things that I-, I didn't go for best single issue because uh, I've lost uh, pace. Did you go best series? Because I have one of those, too. Well, but see, the best series I would go with is possibly <laughs> is Saga. So I don't. I, Honorable mention for me. Uh, and I would also say, um, delightfully so, uh, in, in DC, uh, Dial H. How much I've really, really enjoyed uh, enjoyed reading Dial H, and so that, and I w- and as I was listening to your choices, I think it's a little sad that as I, I'm like going through a rolodex of all the other DC things, it's like nothing else of this of the new Fifty Two launch makes me feel like, yeah, you should buy that trade paperback. Although I would say best graphic novel I read of the year that was 2012 was going to go back to Batman Earth One. 
oddly enough. Oh, yeah. From, uh, you know, <laughs> so Jeff Johns, I love you and I am disappointed in you all at the same time because you did. Uh, he's, he's so complex. He's so complex. Well, that's the way it is with a good writer, right? Is he did the best. You know, best Batman in a long time. And and then still like drives me crazy with all these other things. Although yeah. his Aquaman still has uh, has maintained my interest. Um so yeah, that that's but but then his Shazam hurts me. So uh that's that's where I would go. Those two things. I recommend Dial H by China Mayville. Yep. And um I think and that, then, and then that, Saga, we're not gonna you know, that that's uh that's pretty cool. I, I think that the uh, Dial H, for anyone who's missing um, DC's de-emphasis of the Vertigo titles, I think it really hits that Vertigo spot of very thoughtful and deep writing that you can you can get into a, a, and a storyline that's nothing you expect. Yeah. From a book that was arguably a very lightweight concept when it originally came out, the reworking yeah. of it for yeah. 52. Yeah, and I would say my biggest disappointment, honestly – was the Doctor Who Star Trek The Next Generation crossover. We're going to get the disappointments later. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that we I think did. we do all... Uh, okay. So, Positives, so, then negatives. Sorry. I'm not going to repeat... Forget I said that. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat on any of the uh, any of the ones that you guys have said. One of my big events for the year for comics was the completion of the 12, which... Was that just this year? That was oh, just this year, this year? yes. Yeah. Okay. Amazingly enough. It started um, in 2005. Well, I would agree with that then. You know, that's... Uh, that 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 is a collected story is a great comics experience for anybody who's looking for something that isn't uh, the same old, same old. Um, I'd also want to say just in general, Marvel Firsts really surprised me as far as it's... it's Marvel Season 1, season you mean? One. No, Marvel... Um, pardon me. Marvel Now. Marvel Now. Marvel Now is really surprising, surprising me as, as to how it's reinvigorating the Marvel Universe. A much stronger relaunch than DC New than 52, 52 was. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I was expecting a pale imitation of 52, and they didn't They didn't make the mistakes that 52 made, and they've, they've reengaged me in a lot of storylines that I wasn't all that excited about before. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say that I, I think the Marvel uh, Season 1 books, um, many of which came out, prior to 2012 but most of which came out this year mm -hmm. have been uh uniformly good to great and I, I'd, I'd recommend if you're curious about any hero that you're not reading right now those are all good introductions to the concepts of the heroes heroes um the other thing i wanted I, I would add i mean i was right there with you on saga right there with you at the walking dead um but uh, i want to say that this has been this i think has been the year when digital comics have really started to click for um, more than more than just the hardcore nerd, they're being accessible. I think people are getting into them, and I think that the fact that there is a wide variety of stuff out there you can read, and the stuff that's coming out same time digital uh, as it comes out on the stands is really helping well, too. Well, and I also I I think um, to look ahead, unless I'm jumping ahead of what you want to say, because on the digital is we have not investigated yet. Comicsology's open submission program, but I got an email this week. I just I, I've had my kids, so I've been a little, you know, not getting spending time delving into Fanboy Planet business, paying attention to them. But this is the the they they sent me out with like twenty books that you could you could read from their open submissions stuff. Right. So they, they, I've they, read about five of them. Okay. So, so far. I mean that that this is the year uh, that maybe Comicsology has is turning the corner as far as the great advantage of digital is. People can create mm -hmm. 
and not lose money. Yeah. Because that's the big thing. People that don't, initial print run for a lot of people. If, you are, you know, like, if you're buying an independent comic and you were complaining about the three ninety nine price, Marvel, I don't think has any business charging us three ninety nine for a book. No. But knowing what I know from the few independent publishers that I've tried, <laughs> that I've done books through, uh, and what I have understood about the business is, th- if they broke even, that was a miracle. Mm-hmm. And. Doing paper, doing paper, right? And because their print runs are relatively low, and that just low, makes it more and expensive. The, and the expenses is high, so that's you know, it, Comicsology may turn out to be a huge boost in creativity, mm-hmm. a boost in moving what the content can be forward, and we'll see. Yeah. So I'm going to investigate that. And I think it's it's too. it's also, I mean, Comicsology covers the big. The big big guys and some of the little, and little guys. guys in a way that shops can't afford to do anymore. Yeah. They really can't. But you still you have uh, people like Dark Horse that are doing their own stuff too, and yeah, 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 yeah. it's. I think it's it's really it's yeah. really starting to happen. So what about bests in TV? I have more comics. You, you have more, more comics? comics? Good yeah. lord, are you still there? Okay, I have best ahead. series, dude. You took yeah. this on. Okay, go ahead. It was Walking Dead. Okay. And honorable mentions being Saga. Which we all love. And Saga is very close. It's not like Walking Dead is the best by far. Right. By any means. Manhattan Projects, Savage Dragon, Daredevil, and Fantastic Four slash FF. Not mm-hmm. the new one. I haven't read the new one yet, but Hickman. The Hickman run. The Hickman run, yeah, for this year was awesome. The Mark Wade run on Daredevil for this year, awesome. Hickman on Manhattan Projects, awesome. I, I You know, oddly enough, I'm going to agree with you. Everything except for I held back on Manhattan Projects. Because I think that it's 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 I don't think it's quite hitting right, and I th- I think I expect a little bit more from Hickman. I'm enjoying the hell out of it, but I, I think that that's it's a little bit. The muddled. hell of becoming Rick Brett Schneider's favorite writer is he expects more. I expect right? more of. Uh, <laughs> I, I, and it's also one that I couldn't. I get held I up on a fictional pedestal. I couldn't uniformly recommend to anybody who might say, well, I want to read a good comic. Yeah. I, yeah. I whereas, whereas Saga, no no doubt. I recommend that left and right to, yeah, to people. Yeah. So. Yeah, but, I, you know. And that's, that's why that I don't got up, honorable mention for me. Yeah. But I, I, I like <laughs> the occasional things that are for us. You know, yes. I mean, that's the truth. It's like I wouldn't throw a Tolstoy to a kid who's just Red Cat in the Hat, you know, so. It's true. Do we, are we saving the turds for the very end? Yes. Apparently so. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't have put it quite so prosaically. My next category Okay, but how turds. about, so you want to go TV? Let's go TV. So why don't you start, Derek? Uh, television remains for me the only thing that I will clear my, my schedule for to make sure I, I watch within a day uh-huh. is, is Doctor Who. S- still remains that. Um, uh, I'm trying to think, and, and community. So... If it ever comes back, uh, no, I believe October nineteenth is happening sometime in February. So I'm, <laughs> I think I'm so. very excited about that. Uh, and, and actually, it's interesting if you look at the house ad for the return of of the Thursday night comedies. There's 1600 Penn Avenue that the mm-hmm. new one with Josh Gad. Right. But Community does not say final season. Thirty Rock says final season. It says uh, it, it says uh, it says new season. So. Um, so maybe, so maybe you know, there's hope, and it sounds like it sounds like things are you know continuing a pace there. Uh, I can't think of I've had any big like new series that really caught my attention. Um, Not even Toy Hunter. Well, I enjoy Toy Hunter, but it, but I, I can't say it, it's more like that's. It's another one of those ones that I I don't 
I, I, what's bothering me about that is it's falling into the same it's falling into the same pattern that every all those shows fall fall yes. into with respect to the way they build up before a commercial break, the way they come back from a commercial break. It's all kind of the same rhythmic stuff, and I, I'm, I'm it's when you can kind of see it, and I know when to jump ahead. And I'm well, not going to miss I've anything. Well, I've got to say that uh, so my discovery this year, and it's not new; it's just new to me. Uh, was that I, I, I've had over the last few weeks the chance to finally use that Netflix account I started paying for back in April. And I discovered this British sketch show called That Mitchell and Webb Look. And um, Mitchell and Webb are the robots in Dinosaurs on a Spaceship that get into an argument. So like in England, that's the thing about Doctor Who. Right. There's all these guest right. stars that in England, everybody's going, ooh, Mitchell, Mitchell and Webb were on. And in America, we're all like, what? But they, they did this sketch about re, about a reality show called it – said, it said, next on, the gift shop sketch. So they approached the structure of a sketch like a reality show. Yeah. And it was hilarious. Yes. Because it shows exactly those pattern things where it's like, yes, I'm looking for a gift. Next on, the gift shop sketch. <laughs> Will he have the answer? Because he did ask, yes, I'm looking for a gift. And then it showed from a different, exactly. from different angles and it's like – Yes. Like, yeah. I mean, you're shooting 15 minutes worth of material and spinning it out to 45 minutes by narrative. and da, da, da. So the Toy Hunter is just, I'm glad it exists because I like to watch it and go, ah, I, had, I that. had that toy or I've seen that at the show. Or I still or, have that in my garage. Where is or it? Or it's not in that good a condition. Oh, you know, but it, it's not. And then there's also, oh, my God, am I as bad as that guy? Yeah. Um, but that's not. This is a, a pleasure, you know. I, I so I, I don't know. It's, it's still nothing. But what other new show is better for you? I can tell you, Arrow. No, you know what? There it is. That's the one. That is the show that the new show that has caught my attention because it lived up. I had very low expectations because Smallville broke my heart yep. so regularly, and I stayed with Smallville all the way through. And the, you know, there are the high points, and so far. Arrow, even when it's not that great an episode, even it's not the highest. It's still I'm enjoying. Exceeding. I'm enjoying it because I don't feel like I'm not screaming at the TV. <laughs> put on the goddamn ass. Uh, yes, <laughs> you know um, right. it, it's you are the Arrow. And when they said, "Should we call him the Green Arrow?" He goes, "That's stupid." That's stupid. I'm like, yeah. But the reality is, I'll take that approach of yeah. why would they call him anything? You know, why exactly. and why would he call himself Green Arrow? Except the the constant motif of green. Just as long as they don't call him the crazy. Green Blur. Don't call. Uh, but <laughs> but in a but in a slightly more real world fashion, it is adapting Green Arrow in a way I can find satisfying. I did enjoy that the character revealed to be Merlin um, is the one using the voice changer that the other one used uh, on Smallville that, that you know Justin Hartley did yeah. for that so you know that they did on, so, so I thought that was almost like an in-joke like ha 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 hey look at me I can change my I voice I can change my voice well you took everything I was going to say about Arrow thank you okay you're welcome so it's going to happen <laughs> including the voice um, changer the other one that I want to mention was um, Young Justice Invasion I haven't watched it which is has been an excellent continuation in my mind of uh, the JLA stories of years past the, the the series that they've had they've just evolved it so that they're involving more of the younger characters but you still get the jail or the justice now league I got to keep straight in there I, I've got to keep straight is inva- so there's a video game coming and does the video game is it bridging between the two young justices or I don't know we've got we got to research this because it turns out that we actually know the writer and she oh. is willing to have do an interview, Sharon Scott, 
Um, so great uh, to do Scott. that. Maybe she could clear that up. <laughs> Don't break your iPad. A little overexcited there, yes, Rick. Yes, yes, yes. Would someone uh, get him his Ovaltine? <laughs> Be sure to drink your yeah. Ovaltine. And the the other thing I was going to commercial. <laughs> the other one I was going to mention from TV is that uh, Fringe has moved its moved its storyline along mm-hmm. in significant ways in ways that you don't find most TVs do, TV shows doing and has kept true to uh it's it's everything you ever thought X-Files could have been if they had just gotten their act together um just love it the bitter so. bitter disappointment of X-Files which still stings not yeah. as badly as sci-fi's Flash Gordon which is the no. benchmark for that all bitter bench- bitter yeah, disappointments that's, that's disappointments yes but for TV I had two categories. Yes. Best show and best new show. Okay. okay. So for best show, we continued the theme of The Walking Dead. I figured you'd cover that. And the honorable mention was Fringe and everything you said, Rick, was correct. Yeah. For The Walking Dead, though, they still... They've done nothing wrong in season three. Season two, there are some complaints and it was a bit slow looking for Sophia. But season three has pretty much been excuse my language, balls to the wall throughout. Every show oh, yeah. has been something big happens and there's a cliffhanger. And every end. show has something that makes me cringe and want to turn it off for a second. <laughs> and I just I just want I really, really don't me on want it. to see Really that. selling me on it. I really right. I'm a little worried about this scene that's coming up. Oh <laughs> don't open that cage. No no don't take the hood off the little girl. I, I I would like to talk about you know because the shows that you are highlighting, and to some extent, even when I say Arrow, is I was reading an article. I think the AV Club uh, said this was like the last year of television as we know it, 2012. The 2013 changes things because we are changing into shows like this, Walking Dead and Fringe, that take huge leaps forward in their continuity, changing their status quo. Right. And I think more along the lines of what the BBC has traditionally done with the series that we as fans have liked. It's almost like the mainstream is catching up to the way fans have that the otaku, the American otaku, if you will, right. um, have really wanted their narratives to be move it forward, change it, change it, throw it out there, you know. And in even even in a way that movies don't do, which is really getting back to the strengths of TV to do these series, which are small stories that build in bigger arcs and may have an arc that ends with the season, yeah. but may go on beyond. And I think this this is happening all over the place. Even things like Mad Men, which is every yes. season is jumping ahead, you know, like a, a year. year or two, yeah. and you get the 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 view of the right. events that were happening at that time, but. I mean, one one of the other ones on my list, which is on my list of bests and looking forward to, uh, is Game of Thrones. I'm just, let's do a huge book in a manner that makes sense and not have to cut it cut it back. Which I wish more of our favorite huge books would get bought up by, <laughs> by the people. series. Sherlock is another example. Only three episodes to a season. But an but hour and a half An hour and a half episode. for each episode. Have and, you watched that? I know. It's British. Yeah. BBC. Uh, BBC America. BBC America. But that's what I would say is the thing that my disappointments in my own my own lack of time is there's been a lot. And the Doctor Who Christmas special pointed out to me with like the upcoming next on, you know, coming this year on BBC America. Oh, yeah. Is there a bunch of series that I'm like, I 
oh god, please give me time to watch half of so these. So many of them are on my upcoming. Like I'm gonna, and to. I'm gonna have to say, like I, I I'm feeling a little uh, profligate in terms of like buying just Blu-rays because I need to get like Copper. I wanted to watch Copper. Copper was over before. It was gone from my... I thought Copper was going to do a lot more for me than it did. Okay, but I didn't get a chance to even try it. Right, I understand. Because it was gone from my on-demand before I even had a chance to sit down and watch it. Yeah. So, there, the the fact that two of my favorite American television creators went to do a BBC series tells me, you know, they're doing something right over there. And then there's this new one, uh, there's something about the Ripper... There's uh, oh, uh, so serial killers following in the footsteps of Jack the Ripper. So a new series. I can't remember yeah, what it's, it's called. Um, it's the name of the street. Um, the where where the murders took place. Uh, I can't remember, but yeah. and, and I and I, I miss Whitechapel. There was another one. Whitechapel. I, I didn't be, think it was. Oh, okay, so no, that's a different separate one. Series okay. called Whitechapel, which is about a modern day right, Ripper right. tracking down. Okay, I missed that. So there's all these series that I'm like, this is like BBC America is just like looking into my head and saying, what, what kind of wanna... series would you like to watch? Exactly. We shall give it to you. Don't have time. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's my most disappointing thing. I don't have time to enjoy it. These programs that looked to me like that, I would totally do. I don't think we got through all of Nate's Best TV. Best new show was Arrow, as yes. you said. And honorable mentions for that were Collection Intervention and Toy Hunter. Because those are the only new shows that I actually watched. Collection Intervention was fun. And what what was fun for me was... It was, it was, hoarders, for, it was hoarders for geeks. It was... It was... Hoarders, but... It was Hoarders Light. Yeah. It but like, it made me feel good about myself because I could go, <laughs> I am nowhere near that bad. We have recorded a couple times from over there. Have you? <laughs> we have. And I thought, I want this. But uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> See, that's not bad. <laughs> no, no, I know. Um, it was like hoarders if hoarders kept things in order. Like if there was some rhyme or reason to what they were keeping and where they were I don't know about it. that. I think there was some guys. <laughs> I tried can, watching Collection Intervention and I just felt it just did make me feel bad. It, it, there were a couple of times. You can see where the guys who came home from their shopping trip with, with the objects of their desire and they went right to the garage and didn't even take it out of the bag and just set it on the pile and closed the garage door. Well, there was that. But there were also the people that had, you know, like the Star Wars couple that had like a huge. That's oh, yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. Totally yeah. organized. Yes. Yeah. And they were hoarding Star Wars stuff, but they were appropriately putting where it should be. Yes. 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 I envied them. Yes. So, movies. Nate it looks like are, you're first on this yeah, one. Am I first Nate on this one? I have the same number one. Okay. So, there's no question. So, there. for movies, um, Avengers. Damn it. Okay, we all, we all have the same. We are Avengers. All that is the best movie of the year. I, I think it's it's definitely the movie of the year. I know that Les Mis is going to steal some of the uh, the Gold and Silver Surfer awards from them, but uh, no, yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm sure. No, 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 I mean, look, Avengers is not going to get nominated for an Oscar. That's not, but Avengers is the movie you're going to come back to year after year. Oh yeah, Les Mis. Month after month, <laughs> month after month, Les yeah. Mis is it has it has some many good things about yes. it. Don't get me wrong. Overall, I, satisfying. I'll probably. Watch I agree it again. with you. I but I don't think Hollywood works that way. No, it doesn't. Yeah. So just as I know, look, those aren't in, those aren't in in um, contention for the Oscar. Right. The Avengers isn't. Les no. Mis is. But it's still the best movie of the year. I will agree with you. And the other movie, I only wanted to do two movies uh, because. I, I didn't want to go too broad on this, but uh, the other one I was—I just saw 
Django Unchained. Yeah, that's next and on I, my list. I think that that was probably that was Tarantino hitting his stride, not giving in to himself, his, his bad self, and really putting together a solid, unadulterated, you know, condensed, um, never boring movie. Yeah, uh, just uh, I have not seen it yet. I'm hoping for New Year's Day. Oh yeah. Just, I've got a lot of work to do over the next couple of days, but I'm hoping that I can make time. Yeah, go see it. Because it's, it's like three hours, isn't it? It's another one of those like... Yeah, it's almost... I think it's almost three hours. It's right? almost three, but it doesn't feel like almost three. Oh, man. Unlike it feels the like Hobbit, a, it which felt, felt like, like 90, It felt like 90 minutes. It really did. Yeah. And just the 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 total homage to the Spaghetti Western and the black exploitation films mm-hmm. in one. And really, he has so... It's just so much to do in that movie with... You can just sit there in the movie and just... You know, spot the different actors that he's put yeah. into place mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. Um, and I won't spoil the surprises of who you get to see playing these different things. But except for one, when he showed the flashback <laughs> of the guy talking jet to Django, the guy in the glasses, did you recognize who that was? Ooh, the flashback the, of the guy in the glasses. The guy in the Peter uh, Lorre. No, the the bristly haired guy who's talking down to him and saying, you know, you're. You know, you, you, uh, we're going to brand you. you oh, ran away. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't remember who that was. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure that was Bruce Dern. I see. I wouldn't have known that. Anyway. So, because it just <laughs> look, the guy looks crazy, but he looks so damn familiar. Did you meet, did you talk with Bruce Dern when he was at, I've never met Bruce Dern. Oh, oh no, I did. Big, wow. yeah. I did. Because talk about a guy who really is. is there's crazy. A, there's, he's, he's a little crazy. I felt threatened. Yeah, but in a but in an honored way. Yeah, I was honored to be threatened by Bruce Stern. So yeah. okay, so uh, we uh, we agree, Nate and I on Avengers, Avengers number one, right? Yes, and Django and Rick number two for me. Yep, mm-hmm. and that's all I want. That, those are the only two I want to mention. I mean, yeah. there were a lot of. This was a great movie, great movie year for things like Skyfall, and you know, I but have yet to see that. But Disgusting I'll let I'll uh, I'll pass the uh, wand. The other three I had in my honorable mentions were Expendables 2, because it was just awesome. John Carter. Bless you. Yeah. I know. And the surprise honorable mention, 21 Jump Street. Wow. For its surprising hilarity. I enjoyed 21 Jump Street a lot. I've got I a- thought I was going to hate it. Yeah, and I did, I, I, which is why I got an honorable mention. I really liked Twenty One Jump Street. Thank you for putting in John Carter because you know absolutely uh, that's. Uh, I thought that movie was great. In fact, I somebody's thought, written a book about uh, how John Carter just got totally buried again. You think Disney yeah. took a completely unprecedented step you know, by a, writing it off? There's a Facebook site for calling for the John Carter sequel. It's like there are postings every day. But but yeah, I mean yeah. you're not going to get it. But I just see so many. People and I still see it on Facebook, like somebody going, "Oh, I just watched John Carter. Wow, it was really good. That was really good. Yeah, and which just goes to show people again, box office doesn't really have anything to do with quality. We are a pe- an easily manipulated people. I'll jump. Th- I'll jump ahead. John Carter was on my disappointments list, but the disappointment Wait, was, was there was how badly was Disney market. marketed and named that they movie. Bobbled that film. They just they totally screwed it up, so and we'll they could have there. had a series. Let me give. Let me give one other best. Of the year, uh, or let me give two actually because I'm going to say one. Uh, I did expect because I I love Ben Affleck as a director. Argo oh, yeah. was I just saw that was that. a great film. Yes, it was, and I expect some nice things happening to it come awards time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And I'm going to give you all due props for being hyped up about this movie for years. Oh, yeah. But one that I enj- that I just really enjoyed because it, took again, took me places I didn't expect from the premise, Iron Sky. I forgot to mention that. In- I really, I'm honest It feels saying, like I've been waiting three years for that movie. And I think it has been three <laughs> years. But, uh, but, you know, for me, as I, I realize, there are things, it's these little movies where people feel, especially as I'm going through the, the screenwriting program, it's like, you can write movies that are to appeal, going to appeal to that international brick, as Dan Vado right, said, right. Um, and are trying to be these big budget, something for everyone, or you know the lowest common denominator. Or you can still hold true to your vision and tell. And a story. I love those movies that hold true to the vision, no matter how crazy they are. Like I'm going to say, like tonight, I may do something I've never done before, which is download a film on PS3. Because I want to mention the movie that I was most looking forward to in 2012 came out this weekend on video on demand. John dies at the end, so it's available. Oh, it skipped. It skipped it's, to video it, on demand. It, it's gonna no. It's gonna get released. This is what Magda does. Oh, they're it's gonna doing, get released okay. at the end of January. Yes. but I can download it on my PS3 tonight. Finish that book. And I you haven't finished the I first haven't one. Finished the first one. Okay, so I'm so 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 looking forward to yeah. that because. If that guy pulls off half of what that novel does, mm-hmm. this is going to be fun as hell. Yeah, and that's what Iron Sky was for me—funny, and then suddenly, oh, this is actually working as a story. Yep. So if you get a chance, people to again—you probably heard us beat it, beat that to death—but get John Carter, get get Avengers, go see Argo. Uh, you know there are some good movies out there. Don't get me wrong, but there are these nice little things that's like. These little independent ones. Iron Sky is worth owning, so you can so you can have the joy of sharing it with people who have. Still going to recommend it. Ted. Like I finally found the copy Universal sent me because I hid it so that my, again my son would not say, "Dad, this looks like a fun movie." To-. No, uh, <laughs> we can't. But you know that was to me a great a great movie because it, it did follow its own vision. I'm surprised a movie that because I guess it was comedy was given more leeway to be Seth MacFarlane's vision. This is the year Seth MacFarlane finally convinced me. Yes, I, I will be a fan of yours. After years of fa- everybody telling me Family Guy is hilarious, and I was saying, no, you're lying. And then, nope, I'm giving in to I, – I plunge into the pool of Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> so Head uh, first. Let's, let's, uh, let's now do disappointments. The turds of 2012. <laughs> <laughs> you should start because you just led into it so well. <laughs> My- and, and let's just go through them all. It doesn't matter what category okay. they well, then I'll start with comics. The comic book turd of the year for worst idea, the new 52, which I know started in 2011, but most yes. of the issues of turdedness came out in 2012. And I'm not going to say the entirety of new 52 was terrible because there were some gems. For example, Batman and Detective was been, you know, pretty good. And then Layman came on and Layman's a friend of the program. Batman and Robin. And I like, and Batman and Robin is good, but... Let's be honest, most of the new 52 is bad. Specifically Superman. With the exception the of... Superman, but action yeah. by Action's Morrison's been fine. Been, Action's yeah. been all right. Action's but been pretty Superman, good. Superman, Superman has been... Yes. 
poop. But we did. Did we get to mention Gail Simone got rehired oh, on yeah. Batgirl? I saw oh, that. No, I Which is know. yeah, because of fan <laughs> reaction of saying like, why would you um, fire the person who's did actually doing? Did they give any quality? explanation, or they, they just said just magically it's undone? They just went magically it's undone. It, it's, wow, it was a joke. So there was email. a retcon. Hyper time. Uh, yes. What Gail Simone was never fired. <laughs> she was never fired. She was born on Krypton. Yeah. And then the dishonorable mention for comics was the Incredible Hulk reboot. Not Indestructible Hulk. The, but in the, the, the Aaron, right. Jason, Jason, Aaron. Jason Aaron. I had high hopes. Yeah. And they undercut me, and I landed I, on my You head. know, I agree. My greatest disappointment of the year would have to be um, Phantom Stranger. Now, I, I want Part to be, of the Pooh 52. But yeah, I want to be kind <laughs> to it. I, you know, I wanna, I'm going to give it hope because of J.M. DeMatteis coming on. Um, because he's interesting spiritually when he writes about spiritual issues, which is what the Phantom Stranger is flailing at. But I finally read that issue, the third issue, yeah, officially number three, which is the fourth issue, uh, with uh, After the, the hooded issue. hangman or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, that I realized this is how badly bobbled the Phantom Stranger is. Is that's unofficially a crossover with All Star Western? Yes. Who the hell is going to figure out that you should be buying All Star Western and it's going to cross over with the Phantom Stranger? I just happen to buy them both, and yeah. You know th- that's just poorly done. Yeah. Poorly thought. And on the other hand, there have been things that I, I will- which which it's so poorly done that if you take the character of the Phantom Stranger, he could have appeared in All Star Western. If you'd done my idea. And would have tied in yes. better. Yes. That would have made more sense. Yes. That would have made a lot more sense. We should be running DC. Hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, because there there have been, you say, bright spots. But the problem with the New 52 still is, to me, the Hollywood movie syndrome is they are doing, they're blowing their wad. Like, right now, as much as I'm enjoying the death of a family, what are you going to do with the Joker after his face disintegrates? You're doing a fantastic Joker story, but that's only going to work in this universe and with the assumption that this universe is going to end soon or there is no Joker after this. He has to die or he has to disappear because there because there's just no... They're, they're, they have to expend and some incredible... Yes. They have to sacrifice something. And, 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 and a larger issue is just as, as people are upset about Amazing Spider-Man 700, mm-hmm. uh, which I actually thought was well done. Yeah. I, I, I'm following Dan Slott with oh, it. Yeah. I, I like the thing. Because I've been around comics long enough to understand. Let me speak to the people who listen. Who are worried. Um, there's this thing called the status quo. And the status quo is, con- is controlled by a multi-billion dollar conglomerate, which is more powerful than Dan Slott. And therefore, there's this movie, Coming which out. we are we, which we are hypothetically calling the Amazing Spider-Man Two, <laughs> in which Peter Parker is Spider-Man. You don't think they're going to call it the Superior Spider-Man? No. One, but what is but what there what uh, somebody else pointed out? I think it was Comics Beat that um, on Ultimate Spider-Man the cartoon on XD they're like advertising comics. Yeah, and. The one they're not advertising is Superior Spider-Man. That basically they're ha- they're getting this great TV show. I mean, I don't know that the show itself is that great. I've watched spe- a couple of episodes. My son loves it's it. Fun. It's, it's, it's absolutely fun. It's not my fun. Spider-Man, but that's okay. I've long right. ago I accepted all these. You, you have to see the one where he turn- gets turned into Spider Ham. But they, you blow my mind. I've got to watch that. And um, but they but they're they can't at this moment point kids oh, towards. No. 
a Peter Parker because both the you book, can't reconcile that because world. the book called Ultimate Spider-Man features it's Miles, Miles Morales, Morales, right? Who people are acknowledging good character on yeah. his own, really great, and I'm fine with it. That's the we like this moving forward, but for the purposes of marketing and for licensing, it's got to go back to the status quo. Yeah. So I still maintain, as I've said, my theory after reading 700 of what's going on. I believe I'm still right. Totally agree with you. That I, I am still having read seven hundred. I totally. That, that, I think that, that, that I am right. It's almost. It's almost written in the footnotes that that's how it's going to get undone. Yeah. yeah, and because by the time that movie comes out, Peter Parker has to be yeah. Spider Man again. Yeah. Have we talked about your theory? Theory? On Can we the talk about? Podcast? Did we talk about it on the podcast? Uh, why, let's save it for next. Yeah, no, next let's, time. let's give it a week. Okay, yeah. so um, actually, yeah. let's let's save it for the issue, the first issue of Spect- of, of Superior Spider Man. But uh, but I enjoyed it, and it gave me, gave me wrong. So the, the yeah, uh, so my biggest disappointment is fans that think that the, that it's worth threatening the life of uh. a writer over something like this. But the new Fifty Two again is it's like Swamp Thing. You, you're blowing your wad with Arcane. Mm-hmm. It's going to be over. Where's Swamp Thing going to go after this? Where is you just have to have a good writer on it. Co- You'll find a new place to go. Well, they've had some good writers. That's yeah. not, you know, and Justice League is. Yeah. Um, you say it's getting better. I've the latest issue actually, okay. I could burn all the other ones. This issue is actually pretty good. But the one I, I want to say is the the great thing about the New Fifty Two that's highlighted what a solid storyteller Paul Levitz is, because over Earth Two, James Robinson, writer I like. Mm-hmm forced into recreating this new JSA that makes no damn sense and isn't called the JSA. Right. And there are wonders. Wonders. Borrowed from a steampunk Elseworlds. Yep. Where, while still dealing with the same concept in the book uh, World's Finest with the Huntress and Power Girl, Paul Levitz, did you, have you caught up with Damien meeting Helena? Where did that happen? Did it's that happen? happened in the last two issues of, of World's Finest. I dropped World's Finest after the first issue. Okay. Damien figures out that she's not that they're oh, fighting. That she's, oh, that's right. Their fighting styles are are and so at the end of this, they have decided they will treat each other as brother and sister. Though, and Damien is actually humanized and softened by knowing there's someone that is sort of like him uh-huh. out there, but he has also agreed to keep her existence secret from Bruce Wayne. Interesting. And so it was like, but he handled. Damien, Paul Levitz handled Damien so well. Yeah. Legion of Superheroes, even dealing with a new continuity, as opposed to Legion Lost, I haven't paid, I gave up on that. Legion of Superheroes, Paul Levitz back on that, great. And then you got, and so here's this guy that has been around since the 70s, and it's awesome. Legion is one that I'm looking for an excuse to stop buying because it's not tied into anything else, but he keeps bringing me back every issue. It's great. Yeah. Disappointments. I go with before Watchmen because every time I, I finally caught up on some of those and I'm like, you're just undoing what Alan Moore did. You're, you're, you're not the backstory. The backstories yeah. are written by people who clearly said, Oh yeah, screw you, Alan. The comedian one's been very weird. And well, I was reading issues. the minute man, as much as I like Darwin cook, it's like, um, you're just crapping on an already cynical book. You're like, well, the latest it, ones have kind of gotten, they're, they're really like trying to out over. cynical. Yeah. Uh, to be, and, and so that's disappointing. And again, I mentioned earlier Doctor Who and the Star Trek The Next Generation crossover, not because it's, well, the art is actually 
growing, not growing. I mean, what would be the opposite? Um, I'm, I grow Falling more and more you're, you're disjointed. To it. I'm, it is numbing me uh, at how bad it actually is, even though they've got the likeness is fine. It's just I right. notice it's the same likeness over and over again with no actual life to it. It looks like it. they actually look like they've done a Fuminetti and then painted over the Fuminetti. Yeah, but, but not even a well, not even a well-directed the Fuminetti. The proportions are wrong. <laughs> but it's about three issues too long. Like the storyline, I think, line, it, I think you're, uh, that, that pegs been, it right. I didn't, I didn't, I, I wasn't going to put it. I actually think it's going to be a nice collectible uh, collection for for Doctor Who fans. Yes, I think. I, and I was looking at, it, I was going, Doctor Who comes off much better in the storyline than the Star Trek characters do. Yes, and I like, and I would say, but I realized that the high point was. When you put the original series cast with Tom Baker, with the fourth Doctor, yes. that was the best issue. And I realized it's been diminishing returns after that. You guys <laughs> peaked in issue two without explaining and what was going on. But at least two issues. We should like, cover this. We should cover this again. Did you get through all your disappointments? Uh, Nate just sparks my I disappointment. I did not. I'm sorry, Nate. Most disappointing movies were Pumetheus. And Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. Prometheus was on my list as well. Prometheus was awful. And I didn't even... I mean, I was a kid when Alien and Aliens and Alien 3 and all that stuff came out. Yeah. And Alien 3 was terrible, but... Yes. Aliens was awesome. Uh, I was like, all right, I'll go in and see this movie, a little pre-Alien stuff. And it was just mind-numbing how lame the story was how terrible the can i sum it up for you yes most of the disappointment you have in a movie like this you're not sure when you're watching it but it shows up in retrospect when you try and piece it back together again after the watching i was able to get every bit of that disappointment as i was watching the movie i'm like going, there Wait you a minute. go how did that get guy isn't that his specialty being in caves how did he get lost yes. you know and yes. it's it's not even yeah. it doesn't even look that complex of a cave you know it's like a tube how did he yeah. this, characters this, acting like idiots, idiots in contradiction to their actual expertise right right, right. you were hired because you get lost easy requires yeah. no hindsight to yeah. remember how terrible it is yep and then ghost rider was just i thought eh, you know maybe it can't be as bad as the first one you know, I waited to differ. I waited until they were both available on DVD, and I watched. I had never seen the original Ghost Rider, and then I watched the, number two. I think the original was actually worse. Oh, the original was worse. This one had some nice campy moments, yeah. but the storyline just didn't hold together I, I at all. I have both on Blu-ray, and I've still only watched the first one. I haven't watched Spirit of Vengeance, but since but you kid, have it, but yeah. Kid Macaw watched it and, it and was awesome. It was awesome. So, you know, but but when I went back and watched that first one, I went. Oh, Again, structurally, yeah. you wait an hour before your skull bursts into flames. What mm-hmm. the heck? And it's so badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so yeah, yeah. All right, go ahead. That was it for me. Okay. I, uh, I just uh, no, I you know I'm going to agree that probably my biggest true disappointment would be Prometheus in that it suffered from X Files syndrome. Don't tell me you have answers when you really don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that pisses me off. And I'm going to say. In hindsight, I'm sorry to say this, it's more of my, as I've let it mull, my biggest disappointment, not the worst film of the of the year, but my biggest disappointment is The Dark Knight Rises. Because I like it less and less the more I think about it. And that hurts me. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that hurts me bad. It's the only big movie from the, the summer that I didn't actually want to go see again. Yes. Whereas I can watch The Dark Knight over yeah. and over. Yeah. And, yeah. And it, you know, it, 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 it just, because it contradicted, it did not pick up from what was the promise of The Dark Knight. Yeah. Just a, you know. We could get lost in criticism of that movie. I, I, yeah, I, I don't want to. Let's, right. let's move on but because we've been saying, a little bit. Dark. Let me let me cover mine because yeah. I think we've got most of them. Prometheus is on mine. Terra Nova for TV was one of my oh, biggest disappointments yeah, because that I thought that the year. premise was wonderful. I thought the cast was pretty good. Um, but their storytelling just kind of fell apart. They had so many things, so many nicely woven bits to discover and they were going to drag it out too long. And I'm not, they recently said it's not coming back and I'm not disappointed. Um, I mentioned uh, I was disappointed in the John Carter marketing, not the movie, and the the whole waste of the potential there. DC Sinners, I would go further than you did with the with the Phantom Stranger. The whole Sinners premise, so far, um, because for a couple of reasons. One, I I I, I we're never going to get a good question character out of this now, and I the question was a character I was I was looking forward to them bringing back at some point. Whether it was going to be on Earth Two or Earth One, I didn't care. I love that character, and it's it's now they've just screwed that character over. And the um, Pandora character was supposed to be potentially something that they could use to undo some of the mistakes that they made in Flashpoint or somehow. And now that's just totally screwed up. So, the but they've got her now, and they've thrown her into another another thing. And I'm just this is a mess. No, it it's, is. A mess. It's a total mess because I, they're changing their mind left and right. Yep. And that's what and that's what people that are leaving the books, as far as creative talent, are complaining. They say they don't know. They work very hard, and I mean, DC had to have worked really hard to make me think that Rob Liefeld might have been sane to walk away from something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, moving on, um, I put Curse of Shazam down as a separate entity uh, out of JLA because it's actually been worse than JLA or JL. Yes, yeah, just been, yeah. Um, and, and I wrote this list before I read the latest issue. The latest issue for both the JL and Curse of Shazam storylines, both are much better than they have been. Okay. I don't know that they're going to totally sell me on the Curse of Shazam because so many things have changed in that. But there's a final panel in that that actually makes me okay. think there's going to be something cool happening okay. in it. And the last one I had was Dread because... I loved Judge Dredd when I was spending an inordinate amount of, t- of money on the imported j- comics. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a story that could be told. And this, the previews for this with the... Oh, with, you mean you've seen the film and were disappointed with it? Yeah. I, and, oh, I and, and the... the um, anyway, I, I don't want to go any further. It, it's still something that... Uh, I, I don't think you're ever going to get a third, third time the charm, charm on this. And so let's leave it at that. But that leaves us with what we're looking forward to in 2013. Okay. I should, by the way, mention you, cause this is weird. The strangest, have you, did you catch the strangest revival? The most obscure and unpromoted revival? IDW last week launched a redo of Joe Palooka? No. The 30s and 40s comic strip about a boxer. Boxer, yeah. Um, he is now a, a mixed martial arts 
He's still called Palooka? And he's Joe Palooka. It looks nothing like the original Ham wow. Fisher strip. And I wasn't even sure because they don't, IDW doesn't give you any credit to the original uh, writer, the original creator of the strip. But it was like, what? I picked it up and thumbed through it. And I was like, I, I don't know. But some people are saying it's actually pretty good. But I'm like, but Joe Palooka? Really? Wow. You think that was a name? Uh, <laughs> you know, if they don't use the there name, was they, name, they lose the rights to yeah, it. After. I know, I know. <laughs> but I think, I think that was already given up. So, um, But I wanted to say video games because a couple, th- couple things. Epic okay. Mickey 2, The Power of oh, Two, yeah. came out, and I, it's fun. So my daughter uh, got it for Christmas, and we were playing it. And fun, again, I'm way behind. I still have to play through my copy of Epic Mickey. But... Um, you know, my daughter offered this criticism. It's it does not offer enough. She said uh, for her taste, help. It's clearly for more adult as uh, far as see. as far as what you can do. Had she had or hadn't played the first one? She did play the first she one. She, the first she one. does have it. I bought a copy for myself so that I could play through, and I had no time. But um, and then just because of this brilliance, and this leads into what I'm looking forward most in 2013 okay the skylanders franchise brilliant and our friend of the program an occasional guest jason salazar has given into it because he's a small child who he has spoiled um i i I say that pejoratively no because she has everything he posts that like we got all the figures it's a video they got them for themselves no, not for this. This is so Spyro the Dragon, which has been a long-standing uh, franchise right. in video games, which I played a couple of the games. Thought, oh, they're cute. You know, they're fun. So this is this you burned is, sheep. Yes, he burned sheep. That was the most fun for me. Uh, not now. Um, now this is this is just a brilliant game system. You get you can buy the. There's two games now. There's Skylanders, Spyro's Adventure, and Skylander Giants is the sequel. The, the sequel just came out in October. Spend a lot of money buying my son all the exclusives from the different stores. And uh, it, it's basically you play the video game, which is similar in function, uh, you know, in, in play, gameplay to um, any of these cartoonish animal things, Spyro, Sonic, once they've got stories, lines involved. But what makes it different is you get a portal, which is a little stone circle that the original one comes with. It was uh, USB and wireless. Okay. But it's battery powered, so the new Skylander Giants comes in. You you plug it directly in, which is better, so you don't have to waste money on batteries because kids are playing this this thing like crazy. And how you control who your characters are are which figures you have bought separately. Uh, so you place them on. Ah, but this is where it gets even better. The figure actually remembers all the upgrades that you've done in the game and power up. So you can take your figure and go to a friend's house. And play on their portal. So you've trained your guy. You've trained your guy, and the training stays cross-platform. Oh. Nintendo DS, Wii, PS3, Xbox 360. Wow. All of them, cross-platform. Now, they've just launched, and I haven't seen it, but they've launched it for iPad as well. There's a new game for iPad, a separate Interesting. Skylanders game for iPad. But the characters, again, will go through. So Skylanders, Spyro's Adventure figures won't work on Skylanders Giants. But Giants will go back. So this is a brilliant marketing scheme. And they did, I didn't understand for Wave 3, um, repaints of some of the original Skylanders, Spyro's Adventure characters with slightly different abilities, which my son went nuts for when I got him for it. He's like, yes. So he knew. But why I'm looking forward to this, Disney got wind. Oh. Disney's going to create their own version 
for 2013. So for Christmas 2013. With their established characters? With established characters. So I think what they're going to do is take this Epic Mickey concept, which is already uh-huh. an awesome game, and they're going to give you figures to go with it to play. So basically what I love about this is action figures and video games, two nerd things just colliding into one, requiring each other it's the Reese's to peanut be butter of, of fanboy. Oh, my Lord. It's fun. It's interesting. It's clever. Building these continuities up. Uh, I'm just into it. Cool. So I'm looking forward to that most for the Disney version. Nate, did you have any video game stuff? Negative. No, you don't? No. What video game Avengers stuff? Avengers Alliance. Or Avengers. Uh, That's not really a video game. Well, it qualifies. All right. Avengers Alliance. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, I My two were Halo 4, which is the first Halo without the um, original developers. And it took everything up a notch. It's a great storyline, great art, great play. Um, and if you are a Halo fan, it's a no-brainer to go out and buy. And the other one was Walking Bet Dead, the Did adventure game. From Telltale? Season, yep. Which is a story. I mean, it, it's if you want more adventure in Love the, the Walking graphics. Dead. And, Love and, the graphics. And, uh, the, and the storyline's great. Did you play great. that game, Derek? I actually attended a preview. I was invited oh. to Telltale's suite at Comic-Con and uh, played a little bit of the beginning. Did it scare you? No. I just it's don't have time why to, you can probably watch the TV show. I just haven't played. Go ahead. Rick. I don't have time but to play much game. The, the, what's what's great about Shut this? Up. What's great about the storyline is that you have to make some heartbreaking decisions as to how you react to different different aspects of the story that are going to affect how people react to you later on, which is the best gaming strategy you can have in in this type of of adventure involvement of yourself as the character making the decision. So um, big, big thumbs yeah. up for that. And not expensive. I mean, you it's can like get it on Steam. Right now you yeah. can get like five chapters for 20. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's worth it. Which they've always been very Best played on a sunny afternoon, too. Thanks. Not late at night. That's my Walking <laughs> Dead problem. Nate, leave me alone. Okay, so what are we looking forward to in 2012? Or 2013. Uh, 2013. 2013. Whichever year. I'm starting 2012 again. There's two more days. It wasn't a bad year for me, but I don't want to say what I'm looking forward to, of course, new season of Doctor Who. Very excited uh, with Clara, uh, the new new sidekick, Clara Oswin, whatever she is. um, Aside from she's adorable, cute as the button. Yep. Uh, So Doctor Who's going to hold the most for me for television. Uh, Movie-wise, what am I looking forward to in 2013? I Really? Do you want me to read you a list? Let me, a list oh, let me go, let me go first, because your list is usually longer than mine. Okay. <laughs> but Nate usually is right. Yeah, but he's going to agree with me. He's going to agree with me. So friend. looking forward to Star Trek Into Darkness. Mm-hmm. How could I not say that? You're right. I'm sorry. Okay. Yep. Pacific Rim. Yeah. Yes. Just looks so awesome. Um, there's a new TV show called Do No Harm. Which I looked at and I no, go, that's, really, I laughed at that. I laughed at the trailer for that. It looked like it looked like when I, the first time I looked at it, I go, that's just a ripoff of um, Jekyll. But the more I look at it, though, I think they put it. They put the character in a more interesting, interesting more condition. The show, the show that actually happened last year with Christian uh, uh, Christian Slater called uh, My Own Worst Enemy. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, which I liked. I actually that wasn't that wasn't horrible. Uh, Hannibal. Which is a modern um, yes, Brian Fuller right. doing that, yeah. And I, I think there, there's a, there's actually some some sci-fi originals that are coming out that uh, that uh, I'm really looking forward to. Um, uh, Defiance, 
which oh, yeah, which is coming out as both a TV show and a video game. Yeah. Uh, Nuclear Family, which is a post-apocalyptic thing, and then Robot Combat League, which <laughs> uh, which I think I'm I'm actually I'm not saying it's going to be great, but it's, I think it looks it looks fun. And uh, are your nipples poking through like three layers there, Nate? That was uh... and the other one is continuum. <laughs> continuum. So go ahead, Nate. <laughs> okay, in comics, Invincible number one hundred. Will be coming out. Oh, looking okay. forward to specific is that, issues. Is, is that set to end at a at not that at we issue? know of Kirkman's? No, because Kirkman said at Comic Con he and he would like he'd like Invincible to be handed be, over to someone else yeah. okay. at some point yeah, so that he, he didn't can curse that. them as he dies. I got one of the big hardback books for and Christmas. he can't wait for him to be working on Invincible two hundred and Walking Dead two hundred. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and then Brian Bendis and is it Brian Hitch? Ultron War next year for marvel oh yeah which was supposed to be a long time ago but hey you know whatever. well it oh, seemed yeah. like they were leading up to it in the avengers and they kind of yeah. dropped it exactly know. they dropped it <clears throat> movies that was when don't frank go, don't go when too frank, far Derek. when frank cho was doing the art too this is one you're most looking forward to gi joe retaliation <laughs> iron man three yes as rick said star trek into darkness man of steel I'm both looking forward to and, and not dreading. looking forward to. <laughs> Kick-Ass 2, Sin City 2, a, a Dame to Kill for, Thor 2, Anchorman 2, and as Rick said, Pacific Rim, and then The Wolverine, a.k.a. Wolverine 2, which hopefully will make up for the awful film that was Wolverine. The bad movie of 2013 will be World War Z, based on the terrible trailer. We know. And then TV shows, S.H.I.E.L.D., which how do we not not mention that? I cannot tell you. Why didn't you say S.H.I.E.L.D. was a TV show you're looking forward to? Because we're not positive it's going to make 2013. The only person who has said that is Jeff Loeb. And he's the head of Marvel Television. But he's not, pos- he's, but he's not the head of ABC. Okay, fine. Walking Dead, second half of season three, and the hopefully Chew on Showtime. I would hope for that. Yep. Uh, I... Yeah, I mean, there we go. We, we got a favorite. So it did spark a news thing because I heard you say Thor: The Dark World. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have mentioned a new front runner for the role of Star Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, is it Nathan Fillion? It's no, not. Zachary Levi, who is playing Fandral in Thor: The Dark World. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. That's interesting. And I think he could be he could, a good Star Lord. Grown to that role. Right. Yeah. So Chuck. Bartowski, yep. Star Lord, yep. I could see it. <laughs> well, he's in that. He's in that new. Um, what's the film about the uh, guy going into the fracking oil company that goes in? The and, Matt Damon's thing. I can't yeah. remember what it's. No, called. that's not Zachary Levi. That's, yeah, it, uh, that's oh no, you're right. Jim it's, from it's the Jim office. Jim from the office. They're a lot alike. They, they are. <laughs> maybe that's who they meant. They should. They, they should be the movie as brothers. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, you know, so you just to say a couple John of, Krasinski, John Krasinski, yeah. yes. That uh, so that was the, like the only kind of new rumor thing. Um, I don't think we necessarily need to tear apart the Doctor Who Christmas special because we just mentioned that we are looking forward to Doctor Who. The Christmas special was very satisfying. It was excellent, and um, we we were going to mention there was the Django Unchained controversy, but I don't know. Maybe we should talk about that. We'll next, cover it next, next week, week once we've all seen it. The big news story of the year. Uh, I just want to say that you kind of. Everything's kind of, I'm going to say, tied together. Disney buying Lucas. I don't think we got to mention that the most the most 
expected news story that came out of that is that Dark Horse has indeed lost the license to the uh, Star Wars comics, and Marvel will pick it up. Now, did they say when? Uh, by the end of 2013, the contracts with Dark Horse will expire. Okay. Marvel will pick up. Um, and just as Dark Horse was gonna la- is launching a new Star Wars series, which... Um, I can get us a chance to look at it. I'll bring my laptop. But they've said everything's embargoed till January 9th okay. uh, for that. But but they do have, there is a way for us as press, press to get a look at it. So uh, we'll take care of that um, Excellent. later this week. Um, with, uh, with respect to the loss of the licensing, what happens to the stories that Dark Horse has created going forward as far as graphic novels? Or continuing I think, every, those I think everything lines. everything gets to go. Lucas owns them, so, so it goes right over to Marvel. Just as Marvel's books right. went over to Dark Horse, right? Because they were reprinting. They were the all Marvel reprinted ones. in Star yeah. Wars omnibuses. Interesting. So uh, and you know, so if you've been following any of the storylines, because there have been there have been a couple storylines that I've been tempted by, like that Agent of the Empire mm-hmm. story yeah. storyline. So yeah uh that's an, and what ties in with that i think is you know again what we're seeing is we're moving into 2013 with whether you like it or not and i'm not sure i'll you know i, I would gladly be owned by disney i would gladly create for them i mean you know any creator has to be honest about that is yeah. you know that's why you have these great indie creators that are happy to jump over to marvel because or marvel or dc because one, you get a little higher recognition. You know your your book's going to get support, and you're going to get money for it. You're going to work with a with a more consistent class of uh, of creators. Maybe, as well. maybe hopefully. you know, hopefully. Uh, but but the downside is you are there is someone up top who is going to take a, pull you back, every pull now you back then. every now and then. And so uh, this thing is happening over at Warner. This is uh, that uh, Cartoon Network pulled the D, pulled DC Nation the block off of its programming uh, back in November unexpectedly it's coming back in January so I'm looking forward to that uh, because there's we're supposed to see these Teen Titans go mm-hmm. uh, short cartoons that are funnier uh, although I think some of them did make it to air before oh, yeah. everything went higgledy piggledy but it, it's back because the thing is car, uh, Cartoon Network there's this uneasy alliance of all these companies owned by Warner, but they're arguing in Warner. Somebody up at top is trying to decide how they should do, how to do this. And what we're seeing with these companies owning these IPs is is becoming more constrictive. I think DC announced or Dan DiDio tweeted that he had gotten rid of that they had lost the rights to all those characters that were being relaunched as First Wave, The Shadow, which we knew because The Shadow showed up. Uh, well, The Shadow never made it into First Wave, did he? No. Uh, he, he was announced at one point. But they've lost the spirit. They've given up the license to the spirit. Mm. They've given up the license to Doc Savage. They no longer have the Avenger. Rima, I'm not sure, he was ever necessarily owned. I don't think anybody owns the property of Rima, the bird girl. I think anybody can. It's like Tarzan. Yeah. You, the it's out there but um so you know because warner is focusing on what do we own we are only going to develop what we own and then cartoon network is saying okay well we've got to turn a profit to warner um we don't they don't want to take something like beware the the rumor is that they didn't want to take something like beware the batman which may not have been appropriate for cartoon network and might be in its violence especially in light of what happened a couple of weeks ago um, might have been made more sense as an Adult Swim show, but they're stuck putting it as 
as a DC Nation block, which is supposed to be kid friendly. Yeah. So, um, so that, are you saying they're they're that it's actually in question that they're going to produce that series? No, now? I think it's done. It's happening. There was okay. they released the DC Nation magazine for kids, and there's a Beware the Batman okay uh, story in there. But it's just you know that, they're in a that D, that Cartoon Network's not interested in developing. Batman show uh, DC shows mm-hmm. went against something like Ben 10 which I noticed you have the new Ben 10 saved on your DVR yeah and Cartoon Network owns that they get to funnel their profits up but but Warner Brothers is, is less and less interested in seeking out adaptations of other people's properties and instead focusing on what they are and I think the same thing is going to be that happening with Disney which is going to spend their mo- the, their time in 2013 trying to convince you that the Lone Ranger was a Disney character <laughs> Uh, and they may be right. I, uh, you know, it may be, maybe a good one. I, that's another one. I don't have high hopes, Yeah. but we'll see. Um, so that's it. We're, we're entering again into a time of, of greater corporate control and the things that frustrate us about DC new 52. I think it may only get worse. There'll be bright spots, but we are headed into a dark time. Well, I think we vote for our, with our dollars too. And I'm less prone to continue buying new 52 stories that i'm continually disappointed in well i've shifted over and surprisingly am buying a lot more marvel now and a lot less dc yeah and that's just that surprised the heck out of me and you nate i am probably buying more image yeah than ever before actually not ever before more image since I was a little young lad and image first started. And I was like, I have to get every image book. Yeah. But. I, I mean, I'm right there with you. I'm buying a lot more image books than I bought in yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, before Saga and Manhattan yeah. and all this and, stuff started, I was just getting yeah Savage Dragon and Walking Dead. I might and, jump back and say I'm a little disappointed that, that like Dark Horse seems to have responded to the way the mainstream superhero market is as I'm sort of enjoying Ghost. Mm-hmm. As as a relaunch, but disappointed that it is a a retelling instead of a continuation of what the story was. Yeah. So, as an old the Patrick Swayze movie goes, no. no. Oh, uh, the superheroine from their comics next greatest world or comics greatest world was what yeah. they launched, and Ghost was one of the few characters that really had um, sticking power. Um, and they're using the same secret identity, you, but but the origin is now completely different. Mm-hmm. And re, and it's like, well, you've uh, yeah, <laughs> it's the new one. It's not <laughs> like anybody remembered. I mean, most 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 of the readers probably don't remember the maybe not. But they, and, and so that's why it's I don't know. Maybe they're just finding it easier to write it with a different storyline. Maybe yeah, maybe. So, all right. Uh, so when we come back again. In we three shall meet again. It should be 2013. Crazy. Later in history than I ever thought possible. Um, oh, certainly in the it does sound like science possible. fiction, though. It does. It, it, this, any, this year especially, 2013. Uh, you know, yes. It was going to be the 20th century forever for me. Ah, <laughs> uh, It's hard. So when we meet again, it'll be 2013. And we'll be uh, a whole new thing. Because apparently next week in comics... Uh, like there was like what like eight comic new comics came out this week yeah. and now and on Wednesday 2013 is going to begin with about a thousand dollars worth of comics. <laughs> I on know the, the week before that was huge too. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, well, we'll look forward to it. And, and you know what else I look forward to in 2013? 
the return of the Venture Brothers. I need yes. the Venture Brothers. And Archer. And Archer. I need you know, to catch up on Archer. But Marvel made up for the fact that there are only eight comics by making Spider-Man $708. <laughs> yeah, they did. But I didn't feel as ripped off as I could have. No, Just no. That, that, it was a full... I didn't, uh, the, the add-on story in the end was pretty weak. But, but I haven't read mm-hmm. The Avenging Spider-Man 15.1, which supposedly... Uh, I bought it, but I haven't mm-hmm. picked up that yet. So we'll see. We'll come back and we'll talk about that. And we'll talk further about my theories about the superior Spider-Man mm. uh, later. So uh, until 2013, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And if you have comments, questions, com- compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at FanboyPlanet.com. And if you are listening to us, uh, at this podcast, you can get it through iTunes. Subscribe. Rate us. Go ahead. Find us on the Stitcher app. Find us at www.fanboyplanet.com. There is still time, by the way. You've gotten your money for Christmas. Go back at our podcast gift guide and get the stuff you wanted that you didn't get. I, for one, did not yet get that Silver Surfer bottle opener, Uh, nor the Star Trek door alarm. And I bet you didn't get the Spider-Man bike outfit either. Again, spandex (laughs) is a privilege, not a right. I understand that. And... And for all of you who are thinking, you know, if you're just going out on New Year's Eve, you said, uh, you know, I'm playing comedy sports, uh, you all narrowly avoided me being the New Year's baby. They had a diaper ready for me, but they decided to have me ref the 10 (laughs) o'clock show. So uh, I understand that. But, uh, you know, and kick into, if you like it, PayPal, please support us. Keep us going. And uh, Facebook. And Facebook, Facebook page, Twitter. Uh, go ahead. And Feel tweet. free to post your best of the year on the Facebook. Please page. Please do. I yeah, love tell it. us what we missed. I love it. I would love to hear. You know, because every now and then somebody comes across something like oh, I didn't hear about that. And yeah, you know, what do we miss? It. What's the Iron Sky of 2013? Ooh, yeah. That's the question. There's been a lot of hype coming, and that came out of left field. I actually came out of Germany from Rick, but you know. None of us had heard of it until Rick came back from Germany. So what have you discovered that might be that thing that we will love at the end of 2013? So, uh, anyway, I'm Derek. I am Nate Costa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.